Good morning. My name is Justin. I'm one of the pastors here at HHICC, and it is officially 2021. Uh, we, some excited folks out there. We really are so thankful to be back together with you guys to start this new year. You know, I think there's just something so refreshing about a new year and this feeling like we have a clean slate. And the new year is always a great time to be thinking about goals and feeling like it's a time that you can make a change in your life and just doing some things differently, taking uh, stock of kind of different areas of your life. And uh, to be honest with you, my wife, Andrea, and I are doing that in our own lives right now. We're kind of taking apart some of the areas in our lives we're looking at, you know, our physical fitness and our health and kind of evaluating if we we're at where we want to be in those areas, if there's anything we want to do differently. And we're, we're looking at our finances and we're doing that too. And I'm sure a lot of you guys are doing things like that uh, out there as well. But one of the things that we've really tried to be intentional about this morning, or well, not this morning, but this year for us, and that I think is a good reminder for all of us this morning, is that the spiritual area of our life is just as important to evaluate and to look at and to think through if there are things that God wants us to do differently, to call us further along in that. And so this morning, I'm excited because we're going to do something to help us all do that. But there's something I think that we have to kind of take note of as we do that first off as well. You see, unlike those other areas of our lives where we make New Year's resolutions and we set our goal and we go out and we start to work to achieve those things, our relationship with God works a little bit differently. When it comes to spiritual maturity, right, we don't set a goal and we don't go out and we don't work hard for it and say, I'm going to advance and I'm going to be like this or change this area of my life necessarily. We don't achieve it. We receive it. And so this morning, what we really want to do is set ourselves up for this year to receive from God and to do the best thing that we can do, which is to come before the Lord and to open our hands and to open our eyes and our hearts and our minds and to ask God to step into our lives and to fill us and to sustain us and to guide us and to prepare us for the work that he has for us this year. And so this morning, we're gonna start with a posture in our lives of dependency on the Lord as we ask for those things. And I'm excited of how we're going to do that because there's a variety of ways that we know that we can do that in our lives, right? A lot of us know kind of what we call the different spiritual disciplines in our life, whether it's prayer or reading the Bible or maybe even serving together, the different ways that God's given us to kind of give him access into our lives. And what's neat about those things is a long time ago, instead of calling them spiritual disciplines, the church actually used to refer to those things as means of grace those were the ways that God had given us to kind of open the door to him a little more for his grace, his goodness, his wisdom to come into our lives. And so a lot of times when we think about those spiritual disciplines or those means of grace, we think about those obvious things like the prayer and the Bible reading or, or fellowship in small groups or coming to church. But one of those things that because we maybe don't celebrate it or do it quite as often as those other things that we think maybe a little bit less of is really one of the most important. And it's what we're going to do this morning, is coming to the table for communion. And so I'm excited that we're going to begin this new year as a church family, really getting on our knees spiritually, in our hearts and our minds, and asking the Lord to come in and to fill us as we go through communion together. And so in order to do that, we're going to look in the Gospel of Luke. And so if you have your Bible or an electronic device and want to pull it up on there, we're going to be in Luke chapter 22, but you're welcome to follow along with us on the screens as well. We're going to jump in 
to Luke chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, and then skip ahead a little bit to verse 7. But you can follow along with me as we read an account of the first communion. It says in Luke chapter 22, verse 1, Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put Jesus to death, for they feared the people. Then here is kind of where Judas is introduced, and uh, it talks about his plot to kill Jesus, but we're going to skip ahead of that a little bit. And it says in verse 7, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. You see, at this point, some of you might have noticed that I just said we're about to celebrate communion, but that passage was all about the Passover, right? The Passover was this great Jewish holiday, this feast and celebration of what God had done to set Israel free from Egypt. It was a a commemoration of what God had done with the 10th plague on Egypt when he swept through Egypt and brought about the death of Egypt's firstborn. But he passed over Israel because of the blood of a lamb. You see, the Israelites were instructed to pick a perfect, spotless lamb that they were to sacrifice and to eat that night, but to take some of the blood and to mark the doorposts of their house. And when God, because of the the Egyptians' hardness of heart, had to go through the 10th plague to set Israel free, he passed over all of the Israelites' houses that were marked and saved by the blood of a lamb. And following the Passover, uh, the Passover meal, the Israelites immediately moved into what was called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was a week where they were required to remove any leaven from their house, the stuff that makes bread rise, right? They were required to remove it and to refrain from eating any leavened bread for a week. And I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. But you see, this feast of Passover became one of the hallmarks of Jewish religion. It was one of the most important days of the year for them. In fact, it actually became a type of Jewish New Year's, which is so appropriate as we enter into this new year. And the original instructions where God gave the, uh, the, the rules and regulations for how the Israelites would celebrate the Passover, the Lord said this to Moses and Aaron, He said that this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. And as we enter in to a new year this morning and we prepare to receive communion together, we are celebrating a type of Passover because the Passover is an amazing example of the gospel. uh, gospel. And so this morning, as we come to the communion table to celebrate, we no longer celebrate Passover specifically, and we don't have to sacrifice a lamb this morning, but it's because our Passover lamb has been sacrificed once and for all for us. And that's what we come to the table today in remembrance of as we come for the Lord's Supper. 
that this morning, as we think about a new year and we feel like we have kind of a clean slate from that, what truly gives us a clean slate is the blood of the Lamb of God and the great high priest who is sacrificed for us and intercedes for us. And that is what we come to the table this morning. The clean slate from our sins of the past. A clean slate when our New Year's resolutions become February failures. That we can rest on God's goodness and his grace and his provision for us. Because you see, being passed over means our past is over that we can leave that behind just as the Israelites left their leaven behind. You see, it wasn't just some strange rule about a type of bread that you had to eat. It was a symbol of leaving the past behind and going through, taking stock of their lives, searching the cabinets, under the couch, removing the crumbs of leaven from their life, just as the Lord wants to remove the sin from our lives. And then to walk in repentance of staying away from those things as well. And you see, this morning, we need to remember that we do those things. We walk away from our sin, not so that we will be passed over, but because we have been passed over. And not only that, not only do we walk away from our past, we're not just saved from something, but we're saved for something. We walk into something because being passed over means that we're passed over for a purpose. And the Lord calls us into something. You see, the Israelites were passed over for a purpose as well. God didn't just set Israel free from Egypt to give them an easier life. And because he was kind, that was part of it. But the reality is, is that Israel was set free from Egypt so that they would then go and be a light to the nations. And the same thing is true for all of us that as we enter into this new year, that for those of us who have put our faith and our hope in Christ, we too are passed over for a purpose that God calls us to walk into and to be a light here on earth. And so this morning, as we really prepare to receive from God what he has for us this year, maybe you can start there. Maybe it's a simple ask of, Lord, what is the purpose that you have for me this year? How can I serve you better? And I just want to encourage us that as we prepare to receive this, that we open our hearts and our minds to whatever the Lord may have for us because we have a purpose too. You see, the gospel, Christ's sacrifice for us, our Passover from the blood of the lamb that was shed for us that we're gonna celebrate today, it comes with a future. And it also means that we can leave the past behind. And in it, as we receive from him, he fills us. He sustains us, he loves us, he strengthens us. And so let's prepare to receive that together this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for a new year, God. I, I pray for every person here in this room and, and listening online, Lord, that you would begin to open our hearts and minds to you, Lord, would we just come before you spiritually on our knees, God. I pray that we would be all open to receive from you Father, open to receive your forgiveness, your truth, your love, your grace, your goodness. God, I pray your blessing over all of this church, Father, in this community. Would you just speak into us this morning and help us to begin not to just tackle this year with a new attitude of 
of our goals and our purpose and how we're going to achieve those things, God, but with an openness to receive your vision, your purpose, your sustenance, your provision. Father, we need you so desperately. And I pray this morning that we'd be open to that, God, and that you would fill us. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you for our Passover lamb, for our great high priest that intercedes for us, Lord. We need you. Continue to provide for us. Continue to work on us, Lord. Continue to grow our love for you and our love for other people. You are amazing, God. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Luke 22, beginning at verse 14. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. In just a moment, we're going to begin uh, by taking the, the, the cup, or sorry, the bread. So if you are in the house, uh, you've got these little things inside Ziplocs. You'll want to go ahead and get those out. Pull off the clear cellophane top, which is very hard to do with one hand. And you'll want to have the wafer ready. Jesus gathered with his disciples. On the night that he was betrayed, he gathered together with them for a meal. And the reason that he gathered was for them. Knowing everything that was going to happen to him, he did it for them and for us. He did it so that there would be a permanent reminder of his love for us, of his presence, of his power, of his provision. And this is the story of God throughout all of Scripture. God's love toward us is that he is present in power and that he is a provider. Hebrews tells us that the Ark of the Covenant contained three different elements. It contained the tablets that the Ten Commandments were written on. It contained Aaron's staff that miraculously budded. And it contained a jar full of manna. The, the symbol of God's presence with his people was a reminder of his provision. God is a God who provides. And so when we eat this meal, we remember the God who loves us, is kind toward us, has given everything for us, and can provide for our every need. So as you eat, remember that God. In Luke 22, verse 19, the, uh, the, the author Luke tells us this. He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Holy God, you are good and kind and powerful. 
you are a provider as you are present to us. So Lord, would you be present now? Help us to believe that everything you have done is because you love us. We know that you are good. Amen. Luke chapter 22, as we continue to read this passage, verses 17 and 18. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. We've just taken a bite of bread. We've, as Matt just talked about, we have tasted and seen that God is good. That he is with us, and he's with us in power. I want you to think about that for a moment. He's with us, and he's with us in power. Justin reminded us that there's purpose There's purpose in in following him. There's purpose in being with him. I want you to think for a moment about the great gift that we have to talk to God. To receive his power, to tap in to his greatness. That the veil was torn, that the separation between us and God is no longer because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Let that sink in. This morning, God loved you enough that he sent his son to die. He loved you enough to give you a purpose. He loved you enough to to give you access to his power. That's amazing. Don't let that get lost on you. See, the communion table is, yes, a reminder. It's a remembrance. It's a recollection of what Jesus did, bringing to mind the the power of, of God to overcome sin. But it's also a reminder for us. Listen, church, whether you're at home or whether you're here in the house, it's a reminder that we can live and we can move forward in that power. But the key for us is to enter into his presence on a regular basis. The key to finding our purpose that Justin talked about, the key to finding and accessing the power of God that Matt just talked about is to regularly enter his presence. I'm going to be really honest with you this morning. I I saw a lot of chatter online about like uh, 2021 and good riddance 2020. I agree with that. Amen. Good riddance 2020. And then I saw someone say, bring it on 2021. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm not saying bring it on 2021. We've been beat up, haven't we? It's been a very, very difficult year. Experts, I don't know how they came up with this, but I read this article the other day. They They talked about 
in the last uh, uh, several hundred years, what's been the worst year? And they, they, they took an evaluation of different things that happened around the world. And um, believe it or not, 2020 didn't even make top 10. <laughs> maybe that's hard for us to believe, right? <laughs> but maybe it made your top 10. It sure made my top 10. It was number one for me. And I'm sure for many of you. But we have purpose because of what God did by sending his son. We can access his power, but we must enter his presence. And if I'm really honest, I came into the beginning of this year beat up, stretched thin, weary and tired, worn out and old and cranky. (laughs) Just so irritated with everything going on in the world. To the point where I, I, I was struggling to enter the presence of God. But church, I want you to hear something. If we, as God's people, are going to get up and over the events of 2020 and the unknown of 2021, we have to enter his presence A few months ago, I think I even gave voice to this to Cynthia and maybe some of our staff and leadership, that I feel like we're on the verge as a church, and I I mean our church, but I also mean the capital C church. I believe that we're on the verge of seeing um, God's God's presence and, and God's spirit poured out in a new way and in a fresh way, and that he's got something great for us. But I want it easy, like the fleshly part of Todd wants that to come easy. I want to just, like, have God just do it, right? Where that gets fleshed out is when we enter into his presence. We can't expect God to do something great in our lives or among his people or in and through his people unless we enter the presence of God. And what a great way to start on the third day of 2021, coming around his table. I love Justin's description of the Passover meal. God's people shortly after they received freedom from the hands of the Egyptians, God established this celebration. By the way, we don't celebrate God's goodness enough, do we? We don't celebrate what he's done enough in our lives and in our culture. And so he established this a time of remembering this Passover, and it was a remembrance of the death angel passing over, as Justin just described. And, and so Jesus, when we fast forward to, to this passage that we just read, and Jesus having this cup and, and, and giving thanks and dividing it among those disciples who were around him, um, when he was doing that, it, it might have been something uh, unusual. It had become customary for a cup to be used in the Passover meal. But, but here's the interesting thing. We don't see that in the Old Testament. There were four cups and sometimes a fifth cup in Jewish tradition still is today. And, and I want to I give you what most scholars believe are the four cups of the Passover meal because it's so interesting what they symbolize. And there's so much symbolism about around every little nuance of that Seder supper. In fact, the word Seder means order, <laughs> And there's nuance, there's such great symbolism, but I want you to hear the, the, different, the different cups that, that they celebrated back then and that they still do today. The first cup that they took was the cup of sanctification. And that's how the Passover meal began. 
with them acknowledging their need for God to sanctify and cleanse them from their sins. It's a great way to start entering in the presence of God, isn't it? It's a great way to come into his presence with with arms open, with hands spread, going, God, I, I am an imperfect, sinful person without your death and resurrection I have no possibility for righteousness that's how they started that the cup of sanctification the second cup and this one's the most interesting to me the second cup of the Seder supper that Passover meal was the cup of plagues the cup of plagues let that sink in for a second the cup of plagues They celebrated what God did in the plagues. And I'm going to come back to that in a moment. The third cup, which is the cup that Jesus was dividing among his disciples, that third cup was the cup of redemption or the cup of blessing. And that is such a a picture of what God was doing. He He was delivering them. He was redeeming them. And Jesus redeemed us. And it's the cup of blessing or the cup of redemption. And it's so significant that that's the cup that Jesus asked them to divide among themselves. But the last cup that he shared was the cup of hallel, or praise. It's where we get the word hallelujah from. Isn't that amazing? Hallel. Hallelujah. Listen, the people of God looked at their history in bondage, and they gave praise. Stop for a moment and think about this. They gave praise for the plagues. They gave praise for the ten things that God did in their midst that they all, by the way, had to experience in part because they were living in there except for the tenth one because of the death angel passing over. It's where we get the word Passover, as Justin mentioned earlier. But they celebrated God's allowing those plagues to happen and causing those plagues to happen because they understood that the plague is what led them to freedom. I don't look at the plague that we're all in the midst of dealing with as a blessing. I'm not going to be like COVID-19, hallelujah, (laughs) And I'm sure when they were in the midst of it in Egypt, they didn't either. But they realized that the plague was the thing that led to their freedom. Church, think about that. Christ follower, think about that. Those of you who may be searching for God or wondering about God, think about that for a moment. The suffering we go through may be the thing that actually eventually leads us to our freedom. Justin and Matt both mentioned the word need, and I think one of them, I think it might have been uh, Justin, mentioned the word desperation. And when I think about the body of Christ, and when I think about the blood that he shed for our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins, I think about how desperate we were, and how desperate we still are, but how desperate we were to get back to God, to have a relationship with God. And it was the shed blood that we, by the way, uh, are, are going to partake today that's a symbol of Christ shedding his blood for our freedom. For our freedom. I'm going to ask you to remove that second very carefully. 
I wore white pants today. I'm not sure if that was a smart idea. <laughs> As we take this cup, I want you to think about the fact that he died and he shed his blood for your freedom. He suffered for your freedom. You may think about your suffering right now as something extremely negative, and that's a normal, natural human emotion and reaction to what we're going through. And it's okay to admit that it's terrible. It's okay to admit how bad 2020 was. It is okay to admit how nervous you are about 2021. It's like we're entering 2021, we're like, okay, be nice. Be nice. Just be easy. Just be nice. It may not be. There may be more, but I want you to think about when you suffer. I want you to think about the fact that Jesus suffered for your freedom. That the Jewish people tied together the idea of praise and plague. And so let's think about when we suffer this year, the suffering that Jesus went through for our freedom. Church, I want to encourage us in this first month of the year to enter into the presence of God and let this moment right now, whether you're at home or whether you're here in the house, whether you're watching live right now or watching later on, I want to encourage you to allow this to be the start of a January that is focused on prayer. I am calling us as a church to get on our knees and to seek God's face. Because don't we need it? Aren't we desperate for him? Isn't our need greater than anything the world or ourselves could provide? Let's get on our knees, church. We don't have any kind of game plan for this. This is very organic. But I'm calling Hilton Head Island Church to seek God out in this month of January. I don't even know what it all means, but I know that I need him. And what we're about ready to do demonstrates and shows us it's the pinnacle of why we need him, that he shed his blood and gave us forgiveness of sin because we couldn't receive it. Luke 22 verse 20 says this, Luke writing here, and likewise, the cup after they had eaten. That's how we know it's that third cup, because that was the third cup, saying, this cup that is poured out for you in the new covenant, in my blood. Today, whether you're at home or here, let us taste and see that the Lord is good and partake together. Oh, God. We thank you so much for your blood that was shed for our sins. God, that you sacrificed yourself, that you made a way when there was no way. That you chose the path of suffering. And God, I pray that in the midst of this past year and the one that's in front of us, God, I pray that you would allow us to see our suffering as the possibility and the start of our freedom. God, that's what it was for the Jewish people in Egypt. And I pray that we would change the story, that we would flip the script, and that we would view what we are going through in our lives, what I go through, what we are going through that is terrible and tragic and harmful and hurtful. Father God, help us to remember the suffering that you went through 
and to give you praise, to give you a hallelujah because you chose the path of suffering for us. You chose to receive that suffering in exchange for our eternal life. We thank you for that, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We thank you for this cup, this symbol of your blood that was shed on that cross. God, there's nothing that is more important, nothing more significant, nothing more earth-shattering than when you went to the cross, and we thank you for that. And Father God, as we begin as a church here on Hilton Head Island to get on our knees over the course of the next month, in this first month of this, this year, during this unusual time, where there are more unanswered questions today than there was on March the 15th of 2020. In a time where we see political division so deep, when we see racial division so violent, when we see our country and our world being torn apart, God, we are desperate. We are desperate for you. And God, may you show us what you want us to see. May you allow our ears to hear what we are to hear from you. And God, I pray that you would reveal yourself in a new and in a fresh, in a mighty, clear way for us over these next days. God, we thank you for the gift of life, the gift of freedom that you gave us in your death. Thank you for the opportunity to join in with that Seder supper, that Passover meal, to celebrate your deliverance. And God, now, as the disciples did back in the first century when they were done eating, we give you praise. And we thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for allowing us to taste and see that you are indeed a good God. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.